Beyond the Ranch with Jay Gannon from Find the Ranch. Welcome to Beyond the Wrench. My name is Jay Gannon. Today, I am really excited to welcome Carly Roniotis. Did I get that right, Carly? Yes, you nailed it. <laughs> All right. Carly comes to us from Wind River Financial, and we are going to be talking about what shop owners need to look for in a credit card processor. And this is something that I'm admittedly extremely novice at and trying to learn more about myself. Uh, so it should be an interesting, uh, interesting conversation. So how are you doing this morning, Carly? I'm doing great. Yeah, just trying to stay warm. It's like 15 degrees here in Madison. So that's a great change. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like shorts weather at this point. Uh, it's, right. it's, been, it's been really cold the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So Carly, tell us a little bit about what you do at Wind River Financial and uh, kind of your background in general. Sure. Um, so at Wind River Financial, I oversee our customer service team. So um, we have dedicated relationship managers and account managers who really provide service to all of our clients. Um, and I basically oversee that team. Ah. My, yeah, and my experience really comes from, I've been in oh, account management for close to 10 years now. So I'm really big on the customer experience. I'm the kind of person that is always judging that when I'm out. So if I'm out at a store, I'm always like, oh, how was this experience? How would I would rate it from one to 10? So I really put that onto my team to let's provide our customers with the best experience possible. I love it. And so how, how did you get to that point in, in being in account management and, and really taking care of customers? What, what, uh, what was kind of your upbringing? Yeah, so I was always big into sports growing up. So I played college soccer, and I found myself, I'm a very outgoing person. So I love building relationships and talking with people, learning more about people, finding out how people tick. Um, and I think that just naturally evolved into me working retail in high school, because again, I love talking to people and who doesn't love a discount too. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just kind of evolved into me starting account management. I'm very detail oriented. So I love the project side of things. Um, and right when I started, I was like, Oh, this is a, this is a good fit for me. I really like this. Well, and I, I know a lot of people personally at Wind River and I, I think that that kind of customer service piece flows through who you guys are and, and not to make it sound like a commercial here or anything like that, but it is, uh, I, I, I think as I've grown, uh, through any industry, you, you see a kind of a clear difference between, companies that really take care of their people and their customers and, and some that, you know, probably talk about it, but don't do as much of that. So I, uh, I commend you guys for, for everything you're doing over there. I think you guys do a, a really, really outstanding job of, uh, of taking care of people. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, that's what the company was built on. And I joined four years ago, but that's been ingrained in the culture since inception, 20 years. So that's yeah. how I knew Wind River was a really good fit for me. Yeah, cool. So let's talk about credit card processing. What, as I mentioned at the top, I know nothing about this. So it, it'll be it'll be something that we can. Uh, I think I'll learn along with the audience. Uh, but at an elementary level, when we talk about what to look for, and, and maybe even to take this back just a second, 
one of the big reasons we wanted to have a credit card processor on our podcast was to really understand this a little bit better. A big piece of what we do is try to make repair shops more profitable in general, right? And, and by making them more profitable, we're able to uh, really get shops in a position to be able to take care of their people and, and build their businesses the right way. And really, if they're, if they're financially responsible, and this is a big, big piece of that, especially with the amount of credit card transactions that go through a shop now, you're able to build a better business. So when, when we dive into this, this is kind of the whole point of that is how do we how do we evaluate? How do we look at credit card companies and 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 really trying to get an understanding of of why it's important to a shop uh, is is so so important. So I think to start off with, what are the differences among the providers that are out there? Like I I, I see when I go out and I, I you know when I started Find a Wrench, it was really overwhelming to kind of look at credit card processors. And that's not something when you go into business that you think a lot about, but it does have a pretty great impact. What are the differences amongst the providers in general? Sure. Yeah. And I'll start by saying it is, it's no, it's nothing new that someone who has never been a part of the credit card service is like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. What does this look like? Because before I started, I had no clue that this was even a thing. Right. You know, it's not something that even a CFO at a company could look at a statement and be like, oh, I understand everything that's going on here. Even if you're amazing with numbers, it's just a beast of its own. So that's a great question to start with because there are two basically main different providers. You have your payments providers, which are like square. So you might go to a craft show and um, you might buy something and they take out their phone and they swipe the card, right? That's really just a payments provider. You just sign up online, you get the um, hardware sent to you and you can accept payments. Um, That's really not great for um, shops like what we're talking about right now, just because first they net fees. So all of a sudden you're gonna get paid, but you're just gonna get paid with all the fees taken out. So reconciliation can become tough. And then just like the robustness of the service um, and the equipment, wouldn't it be great for someone accepting thousands of dollars in credit card sales? Yeah. So th- that's really option one, right? Oh, I can sign up online. This is super easy. Here is my equipment and I can accept payments. Um, option two is really a full merchant service provider. And that's what Wind River is. So, okay. you know, you fill out an application, you get set up, you get a dedicated relationship manager. And what a full merchant provider should do, not all do this, but is really take a look at your business as a whole and say, what are your goals? What are your business goals? And let me help you get there. Let me help you by just say you want to do invoicing. Let's look at different invoice options to make it super easy for your customers to pay your invoices. Um, Help you get the best rates. You know, a square is going to say, oh, you know, your rate is 3% on every single transaction. And that's the way it is. Whereas, Uh, merchant service provider is going to sit there and go, okay, um, we want to make sure you get the best rates from the credit card brands as possible. Without getting too in the weeds, every card that is swiped has a different rate that the card brands will charge you. So if someone comes into your store and swipes a debit card, you're probably getting charged around 0.05% on that transaction, 
Whereas if someone comes in with their Amex black card, reward card, you're looking at 2.95% on that transaction. Right. Which is why, like, I remember like growing up in a shop, my dad would never take American Express because of the fees that they would get hit with. Is that, I mean, is it, is it pretty common for maybe like an American Express to be more expensive than like a Visa or MasterCard or something like that? Or is it, does it just vary based on the actual card itself and maybe the points that are associated with it? Uh, Yeah, a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, Amex is known for being more pricey in the industry. And I think within the recent years, they started to recognize that. So prior to, uh, I want to say like maybe three to five years ago, you had to, if you wanted to accept Amex, you had to sign up directly with them. So not only did you have a merchant service provider like Wind River, you had an Amex account. Now what Amex has done is going, oh, we're losing a lot of business that way will allow merchant service providers to provide that Amex option. So, you know, like Wind River, we can now service Amex too. Um, And so their rates have dropped a little and gotten in line with Visa and MasterCard. But prior to that, definitely more expensive. I, uh, what was funny, I didn't notice the scope of that until uh, I traveled a lot for work for, for a job that I had before. And our company cards were American Express and, it's surprising like how choosy you have to be to go to dinner uh, <laughs> and, and make sure that they, they take American Express because especially you go to a small town, uh, there's not, you know, the small businesses weren't apt to take the American Express. So that, that uh, I think gives me a little background there as to why I would uh, drive around looking for a restaurant uh, that would take, <laughs> take American Express. But so, so with the full service side, how like, and, and this is something that I think is just out of curiosity to, uh, curiosity to me is that I think a lot of people when they set up a business or they start a business and say maybe they didn't have that business background in the past, they, they tend to take the easy option, right? Because you're, you're, trying to get, you're trying to get everything kind of settled up. And a lot of times that credit card processing kind of falls to the back of the equation. But the way that I hear you talk about this when you have kind of that full service partner, they're going to be looking out for your best interest. Is it, is it something with a, you know, maybe a newer company that is something that they should look into? Um, or is it better to start off with the easy route right off the bat or start the right way right from the bat and like get everything set up the right way, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I think it all depends on where you're at in the business process. Like, For example, my friend just opened a coffee shop and she went the easy route right away. And it made more sense for her, right? She wasn't sure how many transactions were going to come through. She didn't know how well it would do. She's opening during a pandemic. Like all those factors kind of came into play where she signed up with uh, Square. And I'll say uh, it's been seven months now and she switched to a full merchant provider. (laughs) Good, yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) So what what does it look like when you do go... Uh, like to that full service side or to that, that merchant services side over uh, the payment services, the, the quick route, like when, when you go with a, with a good merchant services partner, what does that look like? What are the traits of maybe a good, uh, good partner when you're, when you're trying to get involved with this? So the biggest traits are someone should be talking to you about your fees So you should know exactly what your cost structure looks like. And unfortunately in our industry, if you take a look at your statement and another person's statement, 
they are priced so confusingly. And that is like, not by accident. Like, yeah. unfortunately, um, there are not, gr- there are some not great merchant service providers out there that do take advantage of the industry being so complicated. So the first thing is really to have someone talk about your fees. And I can only really speak to Wind Rivers, like the experience here. And I know that my team and myself, we meet with all of our clients on an annual basis and we go through all these fees. We monitor the qualification rates. Basically, are you getting the best rates possible from the card brands? And we say, hey, you know, for some reason you're being charged three basis points more on these cards. Let's take a look at why. And maybe someone's forgetting to type in a zip code when they process a transaction. We identify that for you. And we say, here's how much you could save if you start typing in that zip code. So that's, that's the biggest thing is you should have someone talking to you about your rates. The second thing is um, security. So PCI compliance, it's such a taboo word. Um, if you do not hear your merchant service provider talk about this, it's something you should ask about. And you may be getting a non-compliance fee on your statement and not even know it. Mm. Um, anyone who accepts cards, even if you go the easy route, needs to be PCI compliant. Um, so what a good merchant service provider will do is provide you with a program that helps you get compliant because it is super complex can be convoluted at times to get through the questionnaires. So how do you, how do you, I, I, how do you not get overwhelmed by this? Right? Like, <laughs> like it, 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 there's, there's so much that goes into it. And I th- like the more and more we talk, the more and more I'm like, okay, I, I kind of did this wrong from the start myself. And, and I think, again, it, it's the point of least resistance sometimes when you're, when you're getting rolling. And even for those companies that have been around for a long time, it's something that you can kind of easily put on the back burner. And then it's like, you look at your financial statement and you're like, oh man, this like, we're getting killed here. Uh, <laughs> like how, how, how do you go about that? I mean, is it just that simple conversation of saying, okay, like let's look at our rates or say you are concerned about your rates and it's not on that annual conversation. Is is a customer able to just say, hey, we're getting killed here. What can we do differently? And then just kind of, I don't know, kind of do some analysis on, on what your what your fee structure is. Yes. Yeah. So shorthanded, yes, it's so confusing and complex and confusing. And again, if you're not from the industry, you have no clue what to look for or or where to even find where you're being ripped off. Right. You just know I'm paying X amount of fees and this is ridiculous, right? Right. So my biggest advice to people is to take the total amount of fees you pay. Just look at a couple months, look at one month, whatever you have available. Take the total amount of fees that you've paid and divide that by your volume. So just say you had $100,000 in credit card volume and you paid $50. So you would take that 50 divided by that $100,000. And whatever percentage that is, is called your net effective rate. And that's essentially what you're paying per transaction to accept cards as a whole. If that's above 3%, that's when you should be pounded on some doors and saying, what's going on here? Why am I paying so much? Yeah. And <laughs> Especially that that might seem like a small percentage, but when you look at, I know I've talked to a lot of shops that their percentage of credit card 
transactions as compared to cash transactions over the last, you know, 10 years, whatever it is, has skyrocketed, right? Like, and especially with some different security stuff, like I think people just like to use the credit card. Um, mm-hmm. That, uh, that is interesting. That is interesting. So over, over 3% is kind of where you start to uh, kind of put your line in the sand and start, start looking and asking questions. I, I would say that as within the industry, I mean, again, like I said, every card, it depends on your card mix, right? If you have all these high roller people coming in with their Amex black cards, you're going to pay close to 3%. But the reality of it is the card mix that we usually see with shop owners is below that 3% mark. I mean, that's just a starting point to to start asking questions with your processor and what a lot of other processors will do if you print out three months of statements and just say you sent them to Wind River, what we do really well is I would take a look at them, dive in and be like, listen, you're getting marked up here, 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 and here. We really do that free of charge. I can't speak to what other processors do. Um, And we say, here's all the ways that you can save money. If anything, it's just ammo to go back to your current processor and go, what's going on here? Why are you charging us all that? So um, I think that's just a really good starting spot around that 3% mark. There may be times where I get a statement. I'm like, honestly, this is pretty fair. 80% of what you pay goes straight to the car brands. There's not much we could do for you here. You know, so we're really fair and and transparent in that way. Interesting. Uh, And if, if I'm a shop owner or manager and I'm looking at these statements, is there, do you have any advice for like how to, how to translate what they're saying on there? And, and you said it earlier in the podcast where some of these descriptions and the way that they're laying some of this out are intentionally complicated. How do you look at that and know what is real and, and what is like a you know, you're getting good value for and maybe what you're not getting good value for or something that they're trying to maybe slide under the table a little bit? Yeah, that that can be tough because fees can be hidden, like even within what they're calling interchange, card brand interchange. Like I've seen some companies, which I will not name any names on the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) I've seen some larger companies actually add on their own fee on top of that. So it looks like you're paying that to the card brands when in reality, I know how much that card should actually cost. And it might be marked up, you know, 0.3% or something like that. But things to really look at is, are you getting a PCI non-compliance fee? Um, If you're getting a non-compliance fee, that's usually a monthly fee, um, could be upwards of $50. Um, You should really reach out to your merchant service provider and say, what do I have to do to become compliant? Because that's a big cost savings right there. What, Um, so what is PCI (laughs) non-compliance? We need to have a whole nother. <laughs> I've, I've heard of it before and I have zero idea. Uh, it's basically rules and regulations um, surrounding accepting credit cards. So okay. if you accept credit cards, regardless in what shape or form at your business, you need to let the card brands know, hey, I'm doing everything to avoid a data breach. Essentially, I'm doing all the right things. So someone couldn't come in and get all these card numbers and put all of these individuals at risk. So um, what it really is, is it's a questionnaire. So you go through, you answer questions about your practices and your procedures um, throughout your business to check all the boxes and let the card brands know you're being safe with card data. Really? 
I had mm -hmm. no idea about that. Yeah. And depending on how co complex your environment is, the more intense the SAQ is, which is the SAQ, that's just the questionnaire that I'm referring to. So, you know, if you're just accepting via countertop terminal, you're probably in SAQ A or B, depending on um, how how it's plugged in either internet or over the phone, right? Okay. And that might be upwards of like 30-ish questions. Then you move into like, you have a full integrated system and all these different connectors for your credit card processing. And that would put you in SAQD, which would be like 500 questions you need to answer. Wow. Yeah. So what, when, what we do and what other merchant service providers I'm sure do, but what we take really pride um, in doing is we help you through that process. We provide you a program and we've stenciled out a ton of answers to those questions. So just say you download um, this package that we have, it'll go through and it'll answer a ton of questions for you. So your merchant service provider should be helping you become PCI compliant. They can help you to a certain extent. Obviously they might not know your full network and know all that, but they can help you enough. Is there a way to like proactively be PCI compliant? Because I feel like I, I'm guessing there's other people like me that had no idea about that, about that piece. And so is, is there preventative measures that you can take so you're not surprised by that PCI, like that you just don't randomly get that fee out of nowhere? It's, yeah, you really should ask your merchant service provider. They're okay. the ones that facilitate the fee. So they're the ones that should really be talking to you about the program and what that looks like. Um, like I said, I've seen other emergency service providers that have programs. I know ours is pretty extensive. Um, so that should be something that, you know, every year you're filling out. And what's nice about some of the programs, like with what we have, is that it saves your questions year over year. So it's not like you're filling out a 500 question ah. questionnaire every year. Yeah. Okay. Just depends on the program and security is really big for us. We pride ourselves in providing like a secure solution for our clients. So that's something that we really preach. Whereas I don't know that all merchant service providers do that. Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a big one. If you're not, if someone's not talking to you about that, or you're not seeing that on your statement, I would reach out and just go, Hey, are we secure? Or right. have I done PCI compliance? Because again, everyone needs to do it. That's scary stuff. I, 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 that's something that freaks me out in general is, you know, you, you hear about the stuff in the news of, of something happening like target a couple of years ago, right. Where they, like they got in and um, hackers got in or whatever, and were able to get breach their system. And if it can happen to a company of that size, and granted that was probably a big target for the thieves. Uh, but it, it, that is super, super worrisome. Um, and something that, you know, I, I know I've thought a lot about and really don't have the background on. And I think that's where that, that full service kind of suite of what you guys do is so important because you can help guide people that don't have that background through it. I, I just think that's huge. Now, what, what happens when you do get these fees, like, and, and you do have stuff on your, on your statement that doesn't make sense. Is it, and say, say that I'm a customer of yours and I have some questions. Do it, what do I look for? What do I, what's the first thing I do? Is it just call my, my rep and, and try to talk it through or kind of what, what is it that I need to be looking for when I do have questions and, and trying to figure that piece out? 
So if you do have a representative, I would definitely recommend giving them a call and talking through some things like, hey, I see this PCI non-compliance fee. My fees, um, my net effective rate, they'd probably be so impressed if you started. My net effective rate is over 3%. And I, and I want to know why. <laughs> You've armed me with something now. I'm, I'm just going to go yeah. and say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would definitely call your representative again. Um, if you know of other merchant service providers, um, printing off three statements is never a bad idea. It's never a bad idea to evaluate your processing because anyone who's trying to win your business is going to poke holes in any statement they get as much as possible. I know that's what I do. Every time I get a statement, I take a fine tooth comb and I look at it and I'm like, okay, where are they overcharging these people? Because more often than not, they are. Sure. So if, if you do, you know, everyone you know, seems to drop fees when there's some competition. So as soon as you get those statements out and you have some ammo and you call your representative, or unfortunately, a lot of times it's an 800 number, if you don't have one and you start asking questions, um, they should have good answers for you, or they should at least be able to help you. And if they're not, then maybe you look at reevaluating who you're with. Um, that's, that's not a, that's not an odd thing for this industry to, you know, jump to somebody else. Right. Right. And I, I think it's super frustrating when you call, um, you know, we've, we've used kind of the, the quick services, uh, the, the other, uh, what did you call that? The uh, payment services providers in the past and, and to call and get put on hold and then have the person not know anything of what you're talking about can be right. really, really frustrating. And it feels like a lot, <laughs> feels like a waste of time, frankly. And that uh, from from a business owner standpoint, that your time is so valuable, and to spend time, you know, on a phone waiting for somebody is just for something that you know needs to be fixed, but it's probably not on the top of your priority list. is is uh, is super super frustrating. So I love that you guys are, you know, like the the full service side does take care of you. How do you, you know, when when you've got a rep, how do you? I don't know how I'm going to ask this question or how it's going to come out, but like, how, how do you know if they know what they're talking about? Sure. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Other than like, they're like, it would maybe start off with that, that the, the effective rate or something like that. But no, I, I, I'm just curious to like, when you get a, say, if you, if you're talking to a, a company about your credit card statement or something like that, I mean, is there a way to kind of tell if they're qualified for that or if they're kind of maybe just making stuff up? I don't know. Such a weird question. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that some of the bigger companies, they probably won't put in the time and effort to even have that in-depth of a conversation with you. So right off the bat, that's kind of a red flag if they're not willing to sit down and talk with you through. I mean, I've literally gone into a client and gone line by line through these statements. And anyone who has ever looked at a credit card statement knows that that is not an easy task. No, they can be pages long, you know, if, and I'm not saying that that's the norm in the industry by any means, but they should at least be able to talk you through what your fees look like in an intelligent way. And they should know your business. I mean, you're paying these credit card companies and granted a majority does go to Visa MasterCard and the card brands, but a pretty decent amount of money 
to be your voice to the card brands or to have your best interest in mind, they should take a 20 minute phone call and go through and talk with these fees for you. I mean, if like, again, if they're not bringing up PCI compliance, if they're not talking about qualifications, that's a big one. You can ask, am I qualifying for the best rates possible from the card brands? And they should be able to look at your statement if they are a payments professional and say, Ooh, no, you're not. Or yes, you are. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's something that we are trained to do and what we train our whole team here to do. We have an extensive team that literally dives into the back end and I won't go into the weeds on it, but (laughs) that can see all these tiny little things that affect rates and a good merchant service provider will be able to talk to that. And we'll be able to see that by looking at a statement. Interesting. I, (laughs) that, that is, um, that is fascinating because I, I, I would have no idea where to look or what to do when, when kind of diving into a credit card statement. And it's simply because I probably, for the most part, my, my experience with that was looking at my own personal credit card statement. Uh, And, you know, when you get into business, I don't think that's, you know, that when you're, when you're talking about evaluating that, that's where having an expert on your side is so helpful because you guys are doing it every day and you know, what you're looking for. I think having the trust is such a big deal uh, in, in that relationship, just because I, I need to know that you're looking out for my best interests and that you're the expert and you're, you're doing your thing. And, uh, and so the more and more we talk through this, the more and more I'm like, okay, now I, I really kind of understand why that relationship is so important and why, you know, having that person to talk to and lean on is, is, uh, is vital for the profitability of your business. I mean, that's huge. Right. Right. And a lot of what we do is really educating. Like we take the time to sit down and say, this is why this costs X amount of dollars, you know, Hmm. when it's really overwhelming for a person. And I know if I own my own business and I got my statement and to see that number being taken out of your account, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So a lot of what we do is, you know, we educate, we say, okay, here is the amount of money that's going straight to the card brand. So regardless of what processor you go with, you're going to pay Visa, MasterCard, Discover, Amex, this dollar amount. Here's the chunk that we can really focus on and say, okay, how can we help you with this? This is what you're paying for your software that you're using or your equipment that you're using. Oh, a big thing that I should mention is that never ever lease equipment. Leasing equipment, you will end up paying like three times as much as if you would just buy it outright. Really? They just charge you monthly. Yes. They just charge you monthly. And all of a sudden, like you've paid thousand dollars for a countertop terminal that should cost you like 300 to 500 dollars i just nope. got off on a tangent but i wanted to make sure that's super no important. but that, <laughs> so that, and that feels like one of those things that is you know it's another easy you know it's easy okay they're just going to bring this equipment and get it all set up and do all their like do their thing and it, it when it's not your priority, that seems like it could be something that slips through the cracks. And then you're paying that continuously then, right? Like it's not like you're, you're, you buy it and you're done. Right. Uh, Like if you buy it, do you have to pay any more fees on top of that? Or is it like you own it um, and you're not paying like that leasing fee that you should. Yeah, you should. So like at Wind River, we don't lease equipment at all. We just say, you just buy the terminal. So just say it's a regular countertop terminal. We'll say, okay, it's $500. Um, and you buy it outright. But what I'll see on other statements is that same $500 term, dollar terminal, just say someone comes to me and says, Carly, can you look at this statement? 
I think I'm getting ripped off. And I'll say that they're being charged $50 a month for that same terminal. And they've been being charged for like five years. Like, okay, you've paid for the terminal plus, and it's not like you're upgrading and they're bringing in this new equipment constantly. You're using that same terminal and you just paid three times the amount. (laughs) I don't know if my math was right there, but you know, but I do. (laughs) And it's, it's, uh, it's super concerning. I, that is, uh, that is something that I hadn't really thought about, but that makes total sense. I, speaking of that and, and kind of upgrading, what about like new technology? Obviously, in this past year that's been, you know, coronavirus, contactless has been a, a pretty big deal. Um, like just the new technology and, and maybe the people not wanting to have contact with another person because of the threat of coronavirus. Has that changed things on on the credit card processing side at all? Yeah, yeah, I think that, well, first, I think we're seeing that there's some businesses that are even moving to a completely cashless environment because cash is dirty, right? Right. People are touching it, germs are being passed through that. Um, And even the credit card terminals, I mean, when coronavirus first hit, I remember a couple months after that, we started running campaigns and dealing with our vendors saying, hey, what can we get out to our merchants that are that's contactless? So even like a keypad that plugs into your standard terminal, now your employees don't have to touch the same equipment that a customer is touching. Mm. And it just limits that by, you know, 50% or whatnot, the amount of germs that are being passed through there. So sure. there's all different kinds of stuff. I mean, they offer stuff like e-invoicing where you can literally just send a link to your client via email, they click it and they can pay, um, they can pay it without even coming in. So there's, there's all kinds of stuff that's evolving to help support an environment like that. And that's another thing. If your merchant service provider isn't calling you and saying like, how has this affected your business? I mean, we reached out to every single client when coronavirus was hitting and we were basically like, how are you feeling? What is going on? How can we help you? And you know, how can we help your environment so you can accept payments like restaurants? We were just flooded with let's get online payments up so people can order ahead of time and pick it up. Right. So my team is just doing everything they can to help these businesses stay afloat. Essentially. I mean, it was a really tough time. I had conversations with people crying on the phone with me and it was like heartbreaking. So we did everything in our power to help our clients through that time. And mm. I would say if your merchant service provider isn't reaching out and asking you things like that, you need to be asking yourself, like, what am I paying this person? For? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, absolutely. And I, I think that says a lot about a company too, is how they, how they reacted to that. And even from, you know, the, the dealership side, I, it, uh, I sit in on quite a few of like the dealership and auto, like the, the independent repair shop, like panels and stuff like that. And, I think some of this is going to be adapted in the future regardless, right? And and mm-hmm. one thing that I know has been kind of commonly talked about on the dealership side is that they don't necessarily feel like a customer wants to be in their shop anymore, right? Like they they want they don't want to sit in your in your um, in your lobby even if you've got a masseuse there and you've got all this stuff. Like there's <laughs> like there it's it's really changing from the standpoint that if people don't have to be in your shop uh, and really the less they have to be in your shop, the happier they're going to be. And I think it sounds like there's probably some ways that you can do that on the the payment processing side 
that make that that more feasible, that make that more possible than maybe even prior to coronavirus? Is that, I mean, is technology evolved in that regard or is it more like the technology was there, it was coronavirus that pushed us into to maybe adapting a little bit? I think a little bit of both. And I think as I sit on these calls with different vendors that um, provide, you know, the ability to do that, that we partner with, um, I'm hearing more and more about it. So it's like, how do we make the client experience better on that side for them to be able to pay on their phone or pay by text is a huge one now, right? So, oh, I just text you it. You drop off your car, you get a text and you pay that before you come pick it up. The keys are in there waiting or however you do it. And you really don't have to interact with anyone. Um, That definitely uh, is on the rise. I think that we were getting there and coronavirus just kind of shoved everyone to say, (laughs) hey, let's do this. Technology is here now and let's make this happen. Right. Yeah. And, And I admittedly am that way too. Like if I can get in and out of somewhere really fast and not have to talk to people, I, I'm okay with that. Like, I, and, and I'm, I'm a really social person. I like talking to people in general, but when I'm on a mission to get something done, like I, I, I just want to, I want to avoid the awkward conversation and just kind of move forward, <laughs> move, move forward into the next thing, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I'm the same way. Like I order my coffee ahead of time for sure. Like I am not standing <laughs> in that line. <laughs> I, I agree. So when, when we talk about this and you're engaging in a relationship with, uh, with a credit card processor, what does it look like from like the term side? So am I having to sign a contract everywhere I go or is it like a month to month thing or what, what should I be looking for uh, when, when kind of, trying to figure out what, what terms are best and, and maybe somebody tries to lure you in with long terms with some type of attractive offer. What is it that I should be looking for uh, that is maybe a, a, good, a good terms uh, or, or what, are, what are good, what's a good contract versus uh, maybe uh, not a good contract? Yeah, so that's, that's an interesting one because the majority I think of merchant service providers uh, require a contract. So usually it's three years. Sometimes you can get better rates if you lock in for five. Um, Wind River, we really do at will. I've seen a few other competitors do at will too. Um, but what you'll see in just across the industry is if you do sign a three-year contract, uh, you will get a lower rate essentially. Okay. But our biggest thing here at Wind River is we want you to be at will. We want to earn your business every day. So we do not push clients into our contracts any way, shape or form. I think that's unusual. I think that um, most merchant service providers will ask for a three year or they might increase your rate a little bit if you do want to go at will. Um, So that's something you want to look at. And you'll want to look at what the buyout is for that contract. Um, You know, if I do want to switch what does it look like? Right. Um, what, it, what will it cost me if I'm, if I'm not past that three or five year mark? Um, another thing to look at through those terms and conditions is how they charge you. So there's all different ways. And again, I could get into the weeds with them, but <laughs> <laughs> bundled pricing. So are they saying, Hey, on every transaction, you're just going to pay 2.75% across the board. That means if someone comes in with a debit card that the car brands are only charging you 0.05%, you're still going to pay that 2.75%. Um, that's called bundled pricing. We tend to stay away from that um, just because 
it's not really fair. Uh, A lot of times credit card processors are making a lot of money off that, especially if you have low interest cards that are coming in. Um, What we have is the cost plus model, which is essentially we pass on everything at cost from the card brands. And then we charge a clear assessment rate on top of that for our services. So you'll see that broken out on every statement. And that's clearly identified in the terms and agreements too. So you'll want to look at that. And I love that though. No, I, I love that because you're, you're being upfront about what your charge is. And it's, you know, I think it makes it really easy to see what your ROI is too, right? Like if, if I'm paying you as a credit card processor or uh, as more of that full service piece, I can understand what the value is there and, and not have it be kind of buried in some other stuff where if you're doing that bundle or you're doing some of that where it's really hard to dig data out, it's really hard to dig like specific, mm-hmm. it's really hard to itemize like what in the world am I paying for? Um, being able to kind of equate that back to, okay, these people helped me save this much money that clearly paid for that fee. Like it just, to me, it's a no brainer because you can see, you know, really upfront what the ROI is. Yeah, absolutely. And even with those cost plus models, what you'll want to, the last thing that I would say really focus on is it's called qualified and non-qualified. And you'll see that all over our terms and conditions page. And what that means is if, for some reason, you're not passing enough data to get that best rate from the car brands, which we talked about earlier that, you know, if you're missing a zip code or if you're missing essential information, the car brands will ding you. These processors um, or merchant service providers will actually add an additional fee on top of that. So not only are you getting hit by the card brands, but then it's a way for the merchant service provider to make money too, to say, oh, well, you you didn't qualify. So we're going to take another chunk of that, which to me is just like highway robbery personally, yeah. because like, why wouldn't you want to help your client not hurt them? So, hey, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. I'm going to hurt you instead of help you fix this, you know? So like something like the, and this is a little off topic, but like something like the zip code, why would they, why do they penalize you for that? If you don't, if you don't enter the zip code. So Visa, MasterCard, um, all the card brands, they essentially require a specific amount of data to be passed through for like validation purposes. So it's the numeric portion of the address, it's the dollar amount, it's all these different fields that need to be hit um, in order to pass, in order for you to receive the best rate. If you don't pass that through, that's when they um, charge you. I don't know in terms of like the details of exactly why, half of it might be, Hey, we just want to make more money off them. <laughs> I'm guessing it's for like security purposes or right. for like reconciliation purposes on their end. Yeah. Um, but there is a required amount of data that you have to pass through. So what we look at when we see a statement is if we see all of a sudden like, Oh, this card type should only be like 1.25%. They're getting charged 1.95%. Well, we take a look at that and take a look what they're passing through. It's like, oh, all you have to do is pass an invoice number. Even if you don't have invoices, just put a number one in there and you'll start getting all the best rates possible. And what these other providers will do is just add on top of that and not tell you that that's all you have to do. You know, it's, it's super complex and I'm probably getting a little too in the weeds, but you can just see where you can get taken advantage of really easily without even realizing it. That is And now that I'm thinking through just like a random credit card transaction, like when I go to the gas station and you put your card in and then I ask for your, your zip code, I, you know, I, I, now that kind of 
makes sense. I always kind of wondered, I, I thought it was something with security, but um, that's interesting. I, I, I had, I had no idea. And that, that uh, I think sometimes can make you feel even more overwhelmed <laughs> when you see like everything that's out there and all the stuff uh, that you're trying to get around. But so let's talk about, uh, we kind of have a little bit more of a base education here on credit card fees. Now let's say I'm lining up maybe like three different credit card processing companies and, and I want to understand how do I pick that, that company? Like what, how do I know that they're going to take care of me, that there's, there's value there? Um, What are, what are, are there some questions I should be asking them as I try to kind of uh, gauge who's the best? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first I would ask um, is what's your customer retention rate? So that'll tell you a lot right there. Um, If it's less than 90%, you might be kind of weary to what kind of customer service you'll get with them. Um, I would also recommend using the Better Business Bureau. So anytime I get a competitor quote that comes in, that's the first place that I look. And I look Mm -hmm. at the customer complaints. I mean, sometimes I get down a rabbit hole because I'm like reading all like the drama that's happened with this company. (laughs) But um, that will really tell you how customers feel about that. Um, Sometimes I see like D's and C's and I'm reading through and I'm like, I cannot believe that this situation has happened. And then the company doesn't respond. I mean, that kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth too. So I would do the research on, if you're really looking for a true partner, that's huge customer retention rate. Um, And hand in hand with that is like, how do they handle the service and support? So are you getting a dedicated relationship manager? A lot of times what we see is, oh yeah, I have a sales rep. And I mean, our sales reps are great but they're not the ones that are taking the call at 5.30 PM and going, okay, let me help you sort through this. You know, they're out selling, which is what they're supposed to do. Um, But a lot of times these companies don't give you a dedicated relationship manager. You have your sales manager and they'll say, oh, call this 1-800 support line. And you get someone who might not know anything about your business that's trying to service you. And that can be kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, So those are, that's the big thing surrounding like customer retention, customer service, Um, obviously we touched on the contract. That's a huge one. Do they have a contract? What's the length of that contract? Um, how do they charge? So are are you seeing that qualified versus non-qualified? Is it that bundled 2.75% pricing or is it cost plus? What does it say there? Um, PCI compliance, again, huge. Is that a lot of times I'll find in fine print, like Merchant is responsible for PCI compliance and they will be charged X amount of dollars per month if they don't fill it out. They don't tell you about it. They don't give you a program. And all of a sudden you're getting this fee on your statement and you're like, what the heck is going on? So those kind of things, those are the big things. Yeah. And this is, this is, I've learned a ton here uh, (laughs) basically because I didn't know anything about it from the start, but this is uh this is really, really helpful. And I think it's helpful to a lot of our listeners who are running businesses and, and are looking for, um, looking for avenues to make themselves more profitable and, and really kind of create a better business. If, if somebody's head is spinning like mine right now, Carly, uh, how, how do they get in touch with Wind River and, uh, and you? Sure. Yeah. If, if they have any questions, I am more than happy to look at statements, to talk to people. 
Again, I pride myself on being transparent and honest. That's just the kind of person I am. And I wouldn't work for a company if they didn't have those values. Um, if anyone wants to just shoot me a quick email too, my email is just carly at windriverfinancial.com. My last name was in there, but we took it out for, you know, <laughs> obvious purposes. <laughs> so. as, as somebody with a confusing last name, I totally get it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so the, they, uh, we'll, we'll put the link to uh, your contact information in the, in the podcast notes, and then we'll put a link to Wind River in there as well. But I, I can vouch for Wind River and for the company and the quality of people that you've got in your company uh, total class, total top-notch service, just uh, salt of the earth people, really good people that uh, I, I think we're, we're lucky to know you guys. We're lucky to uh, be able to interact with you guys because it's a, it's a wealth of knowledge there. And, and uh, I think if, uh, if anybody's struggling with this, I would highly, highly recommend Wind River Financial to, uh, to go check them out and uh, have a conversation because it, it could be extremely beneficial for your business. So Carly, thank you so much for joining me today. I learned a ton. We'll uh, uh, definitely have you back on again at some point and, and maybe dive deeper into a couple of these topics uh, so you can get my head spinning even more. And then, uh, <laughs> and uh, again, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you. This was super fun and I'm happy to come back anytime. <laughs> All right. All right.